Hey everyone, welcome back to Strange New Worlds, a science and Star Trek podcast. I'm Mike Wong, your host. Before we begin with today's recap of Unification 3, the latest Star Trek Discovery episode, Red Alert! On Wednesday, December 2nd, 2020, at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, I'll be giving a virtual Science of Star Trek talk where we'll explore some of my favorite worlds in Star Trek and the real science behind them. This talk will be presented through the King County Library System, and it's free and open to the public. You can register to attend using the link in the show notes. I really hope to see you there on my view screen over subspace. Okay, on to the response. Today, we are responding to a Discovery episode titled Unification 3, written by one of my favorite Trek novelists and now screenwriters, Kirsten Beyer. I'm going to mix things up this week and start with my feel, because the title of this episode was clearly a nod towards the TNG episodes Unification 1 and 2, which I rewatched earlier this week leading up to Unification 3. Now, in case you don't recall, Unification 1 and 2 comprise the epic two-parter where Ambassador Spock leaves the Federation to join a Romulan dissident movement whose goal is to reunite Romulans and Vulcans. These are two of the best TNG episodes, in my opinion, simply because they connect to original series and original series movie storylines. I love it when Star Trek references itself, when events in one show, in one time period, have consequences in another. And Discovery's Unification 3 continues that kind of interwoven storytelling so brilliantly when Burnham and Book view a holographic recording of Spock's impassioned speech from the end of Unification 2. Ambassador Spock, circa Stardate 45825. Coordinates redacted. Retrieved from classified archive. The personal files of Admiral Jean-Luc Picard. Play. Closed minds have kept these two worlds apart for centuries. We can either choose to live with that enmity or seek a way to change it. The union of the Vulcan and the Romulan people will not be achieved by politics or by diplomacy. But it will be achieved. Like the first Vulcans, these people are struggling toward a new enlightenment. And it may take decades or even centuries for them to reach it, but they will reach it. And I must help. Usually, time travel causes nothing but headaches. But this time, it's responsible for one of the coolest moments in all of Star Trek. Michael Burnham gets to see how her younger brother Spock, whom she left behind as a young science officer in the 23rd century, turned out. And oh, did he turn out. He reshaped the political landscape of the Alpha and Beta Quadrants. That Starfleet science officer became a legend to multiple cultures. You guys are chronic overachievers. 
watching Michael Burnham watch that recording, you could just feel her pride. I felt it. I felt proud of Burnham for being that wise older sister to Spock, and I felt proud of Spock for taking that advice and forging his unforgettable journey. And on top of all of that, I felt that unmistakable sense of grounding, seeing Leonard Nimoy's legacy grace yet another Star Trek. That man's soul has been in this franchise since The Cage, even though his physical body has left us. It was just tremendous. It was lovely. Okay, moving on now to the Think segment. First of all, I loved hearing Tilly explain that more data is needed to triangulate the source of the burn, because that's what last week's Strange New Worlds episode was all about. Well, with three points of data, we can triangulate and pinpoint the source of the burn. In two dimensions, Maviva in three-dimensional space, that still leaves an area far too large to explore in several lifetimes. So we have to narrow it down. Somehow we need to find more data. It's great that our think from last episode is the whole reason why the plot of Unification 3 even exists. Although, to be fair, this Discovery episode is about much more than just finding data. It has so many layers to it. It's like a brilliant tapestry of science, politics, history, and emotion. Anyway, back to the plot of Unification 3. So Tilly tells Burnham that they need more data on the origin of the burn. So the discovery brings Burnham's three data points to Navar, formerly known as Planet Vulcan, hoping to secure classified Navar data on the burn and add it to their repertoire to try to localize the burn. Initially, Burnham and Discovery were rebuffed by the president of Navarre, but then Burnham invokes the Takal Inket, an ancient Vulcan ritual designed to ferret out the deepest truths from a web of illogic and illusion. The Vulcans have engaged in Takal Inket since the time of Surak. The Takal Inket is a philosophical process designed to unearth deep truths. It's credited as being one of the engines that led to early Vulcan scientific advancement. And once invoked, the request cannot be denied. So you gave her no choice. It's the only way we'll have a chance at that data. This could help us solve the burn. What is the protocol? I'll have to rigorously defend my hypothesis before the Science Institute. I assume you are prepared? Of course, sir. You know, when Burnham described the Takal Inket to Saru, I thought it sounded a lot like a PhD thesis defense. So in order to get a PhD in a scientific field, you have to write a dissertation full of your novel scientific accomplishments, and then defend your conclusions against a committee of professors in an oral examination. Now, it's really not that bad because generally you're the one who has the biggest say in when you defend. And by the time that you feel ready, you're more of an expert about your area of research than anyone else in the room, including your own advisor. Unfortunately, this wasn't quite the case for Burnham, who had only collected her data, and let's be honest, her scant amount of data, a few days ago. 
Not only that, but she was faced with a committee of Navarre peers who each had their own political agendas that superseded anything that the data might say. So, as an observer, I went into the Takal and Ket scene expecting Michael Burnham to walk into that room and give a dazzling presentation of her data and her findings, like the best TED talk ever, but instead of mere PowerPoint slides, she'd spin her scientific story in glorious holographic star charts that filled the room with awe and wonder, along with a healthy dose of technobabble that would leave me giddy. But she never got the chance. Committee member Vakir instantly dismissed her findings. In the end, the Takal enquete wasn't so much about Burnham defending her data and her logic. Instead, it was about Burnham defending her trustworthiness and the trustworthiness of the Federation. So, although truth was the through-line for this entire episode, it wasn't really about scientific truth, but personal truth. It was Michael Burnham wrestling with what home meant, with where she truly belongs, with what the Federation stands for, and with whether she still feels up to the task of saving the universe yet again. I thought that this twist on what kind of truth was important, at a Vulcan ceremony, no less, was simply beautiful science fiction writing, and made the Takal Inket scene all the more meaningful to Burnham's personal evolution. And for that reason, I think that this episode of Star Trek Discovery is my favorite so far in Season 3. Now on to my question. So it turns out that the 32nd century Vulcans that we meet in Unification 3 seem to resemble their 22nd century ancestors in obstinacy. And this is because Navarre has been living with a certain narrative about the reason why it left the Federation a hundred years ago. To Navarre, it was the Federation's fault. The Federation forced Navarre to experiment with a new form of dilithiumless propulsion, codenamed SB-19, that they think wound up causing the burn. This betrayal forced the people of Navarre to strike out on their own, because the Federation is distrustful, just another of the galaxy's many bullies. And to preserve this narrative, the Vulcan Vakir doesn't want any evidence to the contrary, even if that new evidence would absolve his planet's complicity in the burn, even if that data would bring everyone closer to the truth. So my question this week is, what truths are being withheld or suppressed today? for political purposes, to paint a certain narrative that may or may not be true? And what are the Takal Inkets of our time 
practices that are meant to see beyond prejudice, politics, and ambition, but might very well exist under their influences too. Is there a reliable way to find deep truth independent of the lenses of society? Or is it like President Tarina said? Even science cannot be separated from cultural and political context. There are always implications, as Spock himself learned. I'll leave you to ponder that while I say a few thank yous in the spirit of Thanksgiving. I am so grateful for Star Trek's continuing adventures and the joy that they bring and the artistry with which they are made. So thank you to everyone out there who has worked so hard on these shows to make them possible during these trying times. I am also extremely grateful for my Star Trek friends who watch Trek with me, talk Trek with me, and show me how to appreciate Trek from different points of view. And finally, I am so grateful for you. Thank you for listening to Strange New Worlds. Enjoy next week's episode of Star Trek Discovery, and until then, I'll see you out there.